sometimes you just got to put a little chill on your harvest. You know what I'm saying? We got to talk about freezing right here on the Backyard Gardens podcast. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. We are a listener-supported show, so if you'd like to support us and keep us on the air, please join us on Patreon. You can also get some T-shirts and other fun stuff like this fancy cup on Teespring. Uh, We have an Amazon list and simply... Subscribe to us on YouTube. There you go. Let's talk about freezing. You know, my timing for the bail is always off on the mini subs. So it is. It I'm is. But we'll it. work on it. Leonard will work with you on it. I will have. We'll have a private call, and we will get you going. Uh, do you freeze? I mean, it's my jam. Like that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. 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 I come from a long line of folks that freeze food. Yeah, this is a uh, very common method. I do some freezing as well. Not as much for some reasons, but I've actually branched out into some other methods of freezing. So mm-hmm. we'll let you know about that. Hmm. Okay. But as usual, let's kick this off with what the National Center for Home Food Preservation says, because they say it so eloquently. Freezing was an obvious preservation method to the appropriate climates. Any geographic area that had freezing temperatures for even part of a year made use of these temperatures to preserve foods. Less than freezing temperatures were used to prolong storage items. Cellars, caves, and cool streams were put to good use for that purpose. In America, estates had ice houses built to store ice and food on ice. Soon the ice house became an ice box. And in the 1800s, mechanical refrigeration was invented and was quickly put to use. Also in the late 1800s, Clarence Birdseye discovered that quick freezing at very low temperatures made for better tasting meats and vegetables. After some time, he perfected his quick freeze process and revolutionized his method of food preservation. I had no clue that the uh, refrigerator had been around so long. What year was that again? 1800s. Very broad. It may be 1899. (laughs) I don't know. But... um, it's definitely interesting. I want to know that if they've been around for over 100 years, then um, why are we having to go catch our refrigerators all the time? Because I hear it running. <laughs> it's terrible. I, I know. I know. I was just thinking about, I don't know the term, if there's an actual term for it. I have some tomato paste right now, purchased tomato paste, um, that I have f- frozen in kind of dollops. You know Mm -hmm. how you put it on a baking sheet, freeze it, and then you can drop it into a container for easy access. Because, you know, that's one of the things that they sell in a certain size. Like, I think eight ounces, maybe four ounces, the small as you can get. But I rarely use, like, when it calls for it in a recipe. Big soups, yeah. But, I mean, you're rarely using the entire container. It's like, what do you do? There, Some people actually, on some stores, actually sell it in a tube. But it's yeah. still, once you open it, it's only supposed to be good for X amount of days. Anywho, so you're preserving the preserved at that point. I'm preserving the preserved. Got it out of a can, which clearly is preserved. Part of food preservation. Uh-huh. And then I am taking it a step further because I couldn't eat it, air quote, fresh from the yeah. can. <laughs> 
<laughs> but listen, what was that like a dollar seventy nine? I'm not wasting my money. Yeah. They call the recipe called for a tablespoon, and I got like six tablespoons sitting in the freezer. Hey, look, would you throw a dollar fifty on the ground and walk away? Never. Never. <laughs> so it's interesting too that they lumped in um, refrigeration mm-hmm. with this. I would never have thought of that as, and I, I honestly. I question calling that preservation because I feel like, I mean, I guess it, it is, but it's just kind of extending, prolonging a little bit. Well, you know, I mean, prolonging uh, the inevitable. I think it's so. I heard it as like the the progression of right. right? You know, so we start with a, f- a refrigerator, and then we get to the whole ice box situation. But I think about like I have a, a head of cabbage in my um, crisper right now. Or I mean, it's been weeks. Right. Yeah. And it's it's going to hold. So I'm I'm basically preserving that cabbage in my crisper. Is it long term? Which I think generally we look at preservation as we're talking, you know, one plus years is how long we're preserving it. But I don't know. I mean, what is the what do they say on the fancy website? Oh, I'm not digging into the website <laughs> like that. That's up to the listeners and you to do on your own time. We're not going to split those hairs. How about that? I have it pulled up so specifically to give us the intros for it. Sure. Like, I'm good. Yeah. I'm not trying to mess up a good thing. <laughs> but it's it's interesting because... free. <clears throat> All right, okay, let me start with this. I used to do a lot of freezing. Mm-hmm. We got a really bad hurricane. We lost power for 14 days mm-hmm. and everything that I harvested that year went bad. Yeah. So that being said, I'm very cautious about how much I freeze. And this one is, it, it was high on the totem pole. And then as my food preservation progressed, it got lower and lower. And then I basically didn't freeze for a couple of years. And now... I'm starting to refreeze, but in different ways. And we're going to talk about that kind of moving forward, you know, a little bit later in the episode about how I'm doing when we get to that section. We're like a third of the way through, but okay. Uh, So I, my original thoughts were going down to the basement in my family home, being afraid because it's dark and no one ever figured out to turn the light on when they send you down there. Yeah. And there are two big deep freezers, you know, so there was my grandfather was a fisherman, among other things. And, you know, when I think about beyond what we purchased from the grocery store to freeze, which there was quite a lot of beyond what we kind of what was made as a dish and then leftovers were frozen things like you know you catch a bunch of fish you're not going to eat all of that fish fresh so you clean it and then freeze it right so that's space right it's a normal part of living right it's very common for me and so then when you think about your um garden harvest you know you transition to kind of where i'm at now there's always the question of does it freeze well i'm sure there's a whole blog site around does it freeze well and i think coming from that space of like eating frozen vegetables right like you know that a lot of vegetables freeze well i think it's probably in the top two or three of the easiest methods of food preservation in my mind yeah you know maybe not the least expensive because obviously you do have the electricity that's running the freezer yeah, but you're um, already using that for your frozen pizzas yeah, and ice yeah. 
you know, I sure am. Yeah. <laughs> it's a local frozen pizza. Hey, it's look, my favorite. I don't go to Domino's. I eat DiGiorno, like, straight <laughs> up. I don't even eat DiGiorno. I eat Walmart brand. You know what I mean? Like, it's all bad, so. I heard something recently about, I think Domino's is, like, throwing up the white flag. They were in, in Spain, or was it Italy? I think they were in Italy. And it's like, come on, what did you guys think you were doing yeah. anyway? Like, uh, But a part of the the transition for them was a lot of the pizzerias started to deliver right yeah. so it's like we'll meet you here um but it's it's there there are a couple of steps and you have different um you know home gardeners different you know folks on homesteads like we do different things like some people blanch food vegetables before they freeze and some people don't like you'll figure out what works for you but absolutely it's a great method we fortunately don't um have issues with a lot of like brown or blackouts, you know, definitely not for a long enough time where things would spoil. I mean, sure, it's happened in my lifetime, but it's What's not a, a common out? thing um, where it's not like the entire city isn't dark, right? Or the entire area isn't dark. Oh, if it's, the power's out of my house, that's, that's automatically a blackout. <laughs> if I didn't pay the electric bill and it went out, it's a blackout. When you said brownout, I thought you were talking about shit in your pants. <laughs> yeah, no, not this time. Not this time. Uh, but um, so it's, it's one a method that I'm much more comfortable with when it comes to food preservation. I think the first things I preserved from the garden were probably using freezing as a method. Yeah, it's it's super common, and I mean it's it's natural because, I mean, look, when I was younger, I would go to the grocery store and chicken would be on sale, and I'd take it and repackage it and stick it in the freezer all day long. You know, back then I was getting chicken for like, you know, it was like seventy five cents a pound or something mm-hmm. when it was on sale. So that was like super common. Yeah, yeah. And then you're pulling stuff out of your freezer all the time. Like, I mean, anywhere from a frozen meal to a pizza or something, you know, you're pulling it out. And so, yeah, it's definitely one of, you know, it doesn't really change the flavor. It doesn't really change the texture, generally speaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, most things can be frozen. Some things aren't as good frozen. Yeah. But we're going to go into that in a little bit. Um, there's also... You know, <clears throat> some things need to be blanched mm-hmm. and some things don't need to be blanched. And some people do blanch and don't. And blanching just means like flash boiling. Like you mm-hmm. put it in boiling water for a couple seconds and you pull it out. Mm-hmm. And that could change the texture. It could change. It could. If you want to sterilize it, you can, which I'm not really overly concerned about. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you why. I, was, uh, I may have said this on a previous episode. I can't remember. Uh, we were driving through the country and I looked over and I said, and we live next to hog country. Like, you know, they grow a lot, they pigs everywhere and they were watering their fields. Mm. And I was like, look, I was talking to my wife. I was like, look, they're watering the fields and it's all brown water. It was pig shit. They were putting out in the fields. Yes. That I am going to blanch or do something with i don't know what i'm going to do with that (laughs) but if it's coming out of my garden like it's getting fresh clean water i'm not really using pesticides much and if i am they're organic and i'm not putting the pesticides on and then harvesting and um then freezing i'm waiting a couple days (laughs) or something (laughs) like that Um, i hope you guys picked up on that little tidbit right there Sorry for that rattle. Just add one note. In some cases, depending on what it is, you could eke out those bugs that you didn't find in that vegetable whenever you were cleaning it. You yeah. Know, so that whole flashing, you know, um, actually it's extra protein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, how many grams of protein is a cabbage looper? You know what I mean? Like, I'll never know. I will. 
I've had a couple in my day, unfortunately. <laughs> so it's, you know, and if you go back, like, this goes along with, like, catapulting humanity forward. You know, people put them in caves and cool streams and stuff like that just to kind of start that preservation process because I'm sure somebody picked up something and Mm -hmm. ate it and got Mm -hmm. super sick. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, let's keep this cooler and it can last longer. And I've seen people use cool streams, especially like preserve fish and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I've seen people do that, Um, you know, different vegetables and stuff. I've, I've seen that. Um, sellers, I don't live in an area with sellers, but I do know that there, I know people in areas that do that use their sellers Mm -hmm. and they're not really freezing, but it's that whole refrigeration, like deep refrigeration, keeping something cooler, right. Than it would be normally in your home. Yep. That's a common one. Carrots Mm -hmm. and what is it? Sand? Yeah. I've not tried it, but yeah. Carrots and sand are supposed to kind of keep them intact. Yeah. So, and I mean, you know, I can, st- I can harvest my carrots and keep them in my refrigerator for almost a month. Yeah. And they're still good. Now they get funky quick. So that being said, let's talk about what is an issue with like introduces bacteria mm. and stuff like that and changes the flavor ultimately into your uh, freezing. And the f- number one thing is freezing something that's rotten. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's going bad. You know, it's overripened, something like that. That's not a good idea. That's huge, generally speaking. You hear the hints of it when we you look at recipes for a preserving. It's like, use the freshest vegetable. You know, yeah. that's a general theme because... I mean, it's so important. And I've I've over the years had things and tomatoes are my easiest uh, example because they seem to go that way the fastest. But things like um, like peppers, they can go bad as well. It's really important to make sure that, you know, there is little to no damage. Right. Um, That there is damage like bruised fruit. Uh, In some cases, you can cut that away. But once that line of mold, if something if a tomato is molded, I'm throwing the whole thing away, right? I'm not eating it fresh. I'm not preserving it. I'm not free. I'm not doing any of that. Um, And so, and these are things that we can take for granted when we are, you know, we buy things from the grocery store that obviously should have gone through those safety protocols. They may have been grown in shit water, but you know, anyway, they should have (laughs) gone through those safety protocols. And we need to make sure that we're adhering to that same thing when we talk about kind of home preservation and even freezing. Like, you don't want to, it's not going to be safe if you froze that mold. Let's just say that. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I think this is an important part of it is because a lot of us don't harvest enough to make it worth our while each time you come in to mm-hmm. freeze it. Mm-hmm. You know, you go out and let's say, you know, you're doing peas. You only pick a handful of peas. You don't yeah. get enough to make a whole bag, right? Yeah. Or, you know, carrots or something. Insert whatever vegetable. So you, you put them in the refrigerator to prolong it mm-hmm. while you can get more harvest. You mm-hmm. know, I do it with my tomatoes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I do it, let's stick to freezing, you know, okra. I did it a lot with okra because it was, <clears throat> even though it came fast and heavy, there was a lot of times that they would be too overripe yeah. to do so. I would have to wait a couple of days to get enough to make a decent sized bag. Mm-hmm. So you're putting them away and you're doing, and then at that point you don't want, you'd look at it and you're like, crap, it's gone bad. And, you know, you kind of want to fudge it a little bit. And this is bad to do. So the other thing is air. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When you're freezing, air can give it freezer burn. Yeah. And it has a distinct flavor. Yeah. Which I don't, I mean, everything I've read on it, it's not like poisonous. Right. You know, however, it's just not appetizing. Yeah. 
and that ties into the place. Do you have any other items of keeping it safe? I don't know. Let's just go here. Okay. So it, the only caveat I have and kind of a downside is the potential of it getting lost near a freezer, you know, and that's with anything that you put in that freezer, like Mm -hmm. how many things from your garden are behind those frozen pizzas, right? You know, so you don't want it to be kind of this uh, black hole that now is this place where you look up and it's three years later and you're pulling out okra from a plastic bag, right? Yeah. I mean, there's definitely, and we haven't covered off on this, but there's definitely a whole system, you know, that you have to really start to develop for yourself and your home to really basically keep on top of these things to make sure you're getting the most out of your I mean the best way to use it is going to be fresh because it's done right (laughs) I ate it for dinner last night but when we move on and say we want to preserve this to enjoy it sometime later um, it's no different than you buying you know a bunch of frozen shrimp which I'm a fan of and forgetting that it's in the freezer or forgetting when it was purchased right like there's some things that are better eaten earlier than later so this is one of those things that um, this method that promotes food hoarding. Mm. Um, and I, I'll tell you my method. So we do multiple things and they all work in conjunction together. Yeah. So one, we always, um, well, my wife's gotten really good about it this year. Before she goes to the grocery store, she goes, what do we have coming out of the garden? Mm-hmm. And then she looks and says, what do we have preserved? And then we put it because we make a menu, mm-hmm. um, a, a loose menu, but we make a menu to go by. And then the other portion is like once a quarter, we actually eat down almost all of our food Mm -hmm. completely. And we won't go to the grocery store for like two or three weeks. And that allows us to get into the freezers, figure out what we have. And look, the last week, it gets interesting. You'd be eating pancakes. You know what I mean? Like it gets real interesting. David had to eat, um, my son had to eat cereal and water one day. You know, put some water on that shit. (laughs) But... It's it's a method that we use and it helps. And I mean, we don't eat it completely out, but you definitely get down to where you're like, okay, we have peas. You know, we have some okra here. We have some eggplant. We have some pesto that we froze. What can we make with this pesto and this eggplant? Oh, we've got some pasta. Good. You start doing stuff like that and you're able to keep track of it. So it's like once every three week, three months, we'll go through that and try and work our way down, especially in the spring. Because mm-hmm. we know that we're going to be preserving more yeah. going forward. So we try. And then also keeping in mind, like, like I froze a lot of peas this year. And the way I froze my peas, I literally harvested them. I shucked them and I put them in a bag, a Ziploc bag, and I just put them in there. So, and then every time I needed to add to it, I would. But then I know, on like, hey, instead of you going to buy a bag of peas, let me eat these mm-hmm. first. Like, I can always mm-hmm. go buy a bag of peas, right? One thing I did forget to say about freezer burn, um, or no, we're talking about freezer burn, is um, get a food vacuum, a food sealer. That's, I mean, it's cheap. And if you're into freezing, even if you're repackaging from the store, it'll suck the air out and you'll really, you'll, as long as you seal it right, you'll eliminate freezer burn. Yeah. I'm just waiting to be tapped into the episode. Just let me know when. Go. So I am a food hoarder. You've heard it here first. I know you are. <laughs> I know you know, but they don't. Well, they probably have picked up on it too. Um, and there, there's a there's a lot of psychology behind that, which we're yeah. definitely not digging into today. Um, but it goes back to the idea of you all have a system, and if I the through line is uh, managing waste, making sure that your hard work is enjoyed. 
And to do that, you need to consume it. And so I love the idea of kind of that type of system that you all have. Um, I am afraid to dig down into the bottom of my freezer. Yeah. So, but we're going to move on from that part of that conversation. I do think that um, when it comes to the freezing and the words you took out of my mouth was I have a food vacuum, like a vacuum sealer as well. But there's also the consideration of like, what I don't seal everything in that vacuum bag because depending on the size that you've frozen, like you could still get another use out of it, but I'm trying to manage against the waste for that plastic, right? You know, yeah. it keeps the food the freshest hands down. Again, it come from a long line of folks freezing stuff. So I, I know what I'm talking about here. So it's the freshest you're going to keep a vegetable as an example or a, some poultry or whatever have you. Um, and that I do use it a lot for kind of meats and things like that. Um, and, but if I have a particular serving size, right, like my okra is a good example of that. Like I know how much okra I'm typically using in, you know, this meal, that meal, this recipe, that recipe. So I'm able to essentially freeze that, you know, primarily in um, the vacuum sealer and keep one moving. And I can pull it out very easily, you know, and dump it in a dish. I also have some frozen separately when I just want to put a couple of pods into something, you know, because I'm a a lover of okra. But anyway, those are methods that you could use, right? I'm a big fan of having, um, I have sauce frozen in plastic um, Tupperware jars, right? Uh-huh. It's a serving, like it's for the one meal. I and as long as you're doing headspace right, I have sauce frozen in like ball canning jars, like the typical mason jars as well. Again, make sure you get the headspace right. Um, and what's so the headspace? Hmm? What's the uh, headspace? The amount of space from the liquid or the product to the top of uh, the jar, and it manages and allows for the expansion of that product so in the case of sauce it depends on what you're freezing or it depends on the jar it's going to be a minimum of one inch it could be up to two depending on the type of jar and pretending excuse me depending on the product Uh, but you could go to balls preserving site and they give you all kinds of recommendations for that as well yeah and if you go to our amazon list below we have a whole food preservation um section and it'll help the show out if you buy anything at no extra cost to you but the um sealer that we used and enjoy is on there and it also has a port that you can use to suck air out of Mm. um, ball jars if you Mm -hmm. get the correct top for it which i can try and find the correct top i've never used that um i also use ice cube trays Mm -hmm. and i freeze um pesto is a big one is what we do actually it's the only one i do in that but we do that and you know it's just easy bite size i mean usually we take three or four and put it in there but you can do that um garlic stuff like that you mentioned this is from last week's episode um i use most of my basil for pesto versus drying it as an herb just because you know it's i've never to this date my basil is better than uh, my pesto is better than any store-bought pesto that i've ever come across i've been so, searching for a lot of years too i want to tell you how i'm freezing now mm-hmm. um so first of all we're at this point of this episode where i do enjoy freezing um and the way that we're freezing now is we're actually cooking the recipe and then freezing it ahead of time so we've made like four or five tomato pies which damn they're good so good. Uh, we did a recipe on a previous episode. You guys could, if you want to search it out, find it. But we, um, <sighs> you know, we do that. We we do soups, um, zucchini breads, eggplant parmesan, 
all that stuff. And we just cook the meal and freeze it. And that works out well for us because like eggplants don't freeze very well. But once you cook them, they freeze better. You know, tomatoes and my experience don't freeze very well. I don't, they're not for my palate. But then once we cook it, it works better. Mm -hmm. So we are implementing more freezing this year in a different way. But I think in this conversation, under this definition, it fits. It absolutely does fit. And it actually is. I'm having a rough tomato season this year. Um, And I've been thinking about ways like how can I use the harvest that I have? What's the best way for me to to benefit from what I do have and enjoy it? And one more thing, like I feel like I had a running list, but tomato pies fell off of it. Damn it. All right. Yeah. You're missing on the fruits of life. So you want to do more freezing? Oh, I'm going to make this tomato pie recipe. Someone's going (laughs) to give it to me. Leonard? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he'll look it up for like, you like when we finish recording like i'm like i'm on it <laughs> <laughs> so i mean that's just a different way you can do it instead of doing the actual vegetable so that's freezing everybody freezer meals there's a whole community for them too oh yeah mm-hmm. cooking ahead and stuff mm-hmm. oh big time big time so everybody i hope you freeze your food thank you so much and until next time see ya We hope you enjoyed today's show. Please follow us on YouTube at Backyard Gardens TV. Instagram at Backyard Gardens TV. Over on our website, BackyardGardensTV.com. And then we have Patreon at Backyard Gardens. Don't forget to check out our links below to help the show. Thank you so much for joining us as we learn to grow and grow for change. Cut. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.